So hello and welcome to the Seed e-learning podcast. And my name is Rachel Wilder and I will be your host for this podcast where we focus on all things e-learning in Seed. Today I'm joined by Matthew Sanderson and we're going to be having a discussion about running a field course with dual teaching. Uh, hello Matt, how are you? Hi Rachel, uh, good morning and great to, uh, great to meet you again. Yeah, we've already, uh, you're, like, you're going to be like one of our regulars I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you have recently completed a field course uh, with some of your students attending online. Um, how did you find that experience? Well, we've actually recently con uh, completed three field trips with uh, students attending online, and they all differed somewhat in format and in the technological approach we took. And we found that um, as we went along, we've learned uh, things and we've, we've picked up new skills, and new techniques. And uh, from an acceptable beginning, which gave the students everything they needed to know through to the final session, we, we actually did really well. And um, it, it was commented upon by various people that it was actually quite engaging and quite enjoyable to watch. So it's, it's, it's going well. It's going well. Um, so could you tell us kind of those various different, so those three different approaches that you had to, to doing these, these field courses? Yeah, of course. Um, so the first, uh, the first field trip was uh, purely remote in terms of um, ourselves, i.e. staff and students. And we dialed in via Zoom to, I think, five people, five residents of the Lancaster co-housing site which is at uh, Halton on the River Loon and immediately adjacent is the uh, the Halton uh, Hydro and um, so it's a community hydro community energy scheme. Now we'd spoken with them beforehand and um, in fact we've we've visited the site in person in previous years but we'd spoken with them beforehand and arranged that they would um, they, they would walk around the site armed with mobile phones and they would film things for us and give us live commentary, but also then allow for live interaction as well with the students. So taking questions there and then um, giving feedback, uh, responding to our, um, our inputs and our students' inputs as we went um, and, and really looking into the details of co-housing and also into the, the community hydro. And yeah, it went okay. We, we got everything we needed the students to know yeah. from the field trip but the well there were several issues um the the mobile signal there is mediocre at best even the on-site wi-fi is quite mediocre um we had five members of the co-housing sorry no we had four members one of whom was uh, very bravely carrying two devices and um, we had to cope with the fact that they didn't necessarily start with charged batteries or they didn't have waterproof cases on phones so when they went out to walk from one building to the other in the pouring rain the um, the uh, smartphone screen went off because it had got wet or packed up and uh, we, we had quite a few um, Mm. oops yeah. moments yeah. um the bloopers video i dare say will uh, have a few uh, a few episodes you know a few episodes to run uh certainly 
certainly we we looked back at that and thought, yeah, we got everything we wanted, but you know what, we could do it a bit better next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, you can hear like the wind coming through, and it's like whoa, and the ears. It's like no, this isn't. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Um, when all you're doing is literally just going straight from a handheld mobile phone and the uh, the rain is blowing sideways and the wind is howling, you know. So that was uh, that was the first one. Okay. And that was, yeah. The, um, the second field trip was for our master's degree students on the Planning for Environmental Change module. And Joanne... Dr. Tipper, who I work with, took the students on uh, two coach loads of students first to the Lancashire Mining Museum at Astley, mm -hmm. and then from there down to the uh, the Flashers. I stayed at home. I should we say I, I drove the Zoom from home, and we we had agreed. Well, in the first instance, we we'd established that we were going to need two mobile phones, one of which would be for filming. So that would be purely used for streaming the picture and capturing the sound. And the second mobile phone was going to be held by another TA because we would have had one of our TAs. One of my colleagues would have been holding the phone for filming. The second mobile phone was going to be held purely for monitoring chat. So I could interact with the people in the field and not um, interrupt the flow. Um, but at the same time, if we had any questions coming in from students who were watching the field trip virtually, as opposed to attending live, they could be asking questions live. Now, the first issue we faced was getting hold of mobile phones. Um, we'd already established that this was going to use a lot of data. So we, we'd already established that it wasn't really fair to ask uh, TAs or even staff to use their own phones. Now, uh, Dr. Tippett went away uh, to try and get phones from the university and there were none to be had. Um, it seems as though that whilst people are working from home still, all the university's uh, phones are with staff for the purpose of working home. So we had to rely on uh, students and staff phones for that purpose. So that was the first issue. Um, that's not insurmountable. That can be overcome in the future. The second thing we found was that as the um, as the people were moving around site with uh, the mobile phones motion so as you walk around um, you really really shake up and down quite a lot even if you walk absolutely as gently as you can you you still put quite a bit of vibration into the video and um, it seems that zoom tries tries to really really minimize the amount of data it uses by, well, I would say it certainly appears to be over compressing the, uh, the video image. Okay. So if there's any sort of vibration or motion, you end up with a very blocky, very, well, it, it looks like a, um, you know, a, a crayon um, drawing rather than a, a decent video picture. Yeah. And then we found, of course, also an issue with sound. And again, mobile phones, really, at the end of the day, they're phones. They're designed to be held next to your head despite the fact you see people walking down the street shouting into them nowadays. They're designed to be held next to your head to speak into and listen to. They're not designed to be used as, um, as professional audio capture devices. So we found, especially when the weather, you know, when the wind again was up, which it was that day, uh, the 
the audio is going to really suffer. And of course, you're surrounded by the uh, all the, the students who are actually there on the field trip. You know, students don't stop talking on a field trip. So all the surrounding noise is going to make it difficult again to capture the sound. So they were all lessons we learned the second time. That said, we did gather generally better video because the, um, well, the, the person who ended up doing the filming had a top end um, iPhone 12. And for whatever reason, it was able to better process video than the, the older Android phones that had been used at Halton on the first field trip. So although there was vibration causing um, issues when the, the phone was moving, when my colleagues stood still, the video they were able to capture was better. And I say, I guess that's down to the processing power of the phone. And when things were quiet, the sound was good as well. Um, that field trip, when, oh, crikey, it was nearly three and a half hours long. And of course, we encountered issues of batteries. So that's when you very carefully have a battery pack tucked into your pocket. And, um, and you've got it very gently without the sound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, you've been there before. So we kind of... Bit like kids wearing mittens on a string through their sleeves, you know, you end up with a power lead coming down your sleeve out and out <laughs> to the hand that holds the phone. So yeah, you, you're not going to drop your phone because it's just like your mittens. Um, but that worked generally. That worked a lot better, though. We did find, and this is a bit of a no-brainer, but we found that the minute that the mobile signal starts to go below excellent you're going to start to suffer. That was the second field trip. Um, you can see, I guess, that these, you know, things were improving. As you were learning how to, yeah, to overcome That's right. Them. Yeah. That's right. So our third field trip was actually this, this Monday just gone. And we had a visit. This was with undergrads rather than postgrads. The, the postgrads have already had their day out of the class. So this was for the undergrads to, you know, run free and stretch their legs. And uh, we took them to Peel Park and the University of Salford to look at some of the uh, some of the sustainability issues and some of the sustainability projects that are going on around the campus there. And before we started, I thought, right, let's try and make this now. We've, we've had um, a so-so experience. We've had a, a, a moderately good experience. Let's try and make this an exemplar experience. I'm going to dig into my box of goodies at home. Unfortunately, I do have access to professional media toys and things here and there. So I've got a good quality phone, yep. iPhone 12, um, plenty of memory. It's 5G enabled, which is important. Yep. Um, I have, and you can see though, people who are listening can't see, I have a lapel mic, Bluetooth lapel mic and um, earpiece. And of course it's got the fuzzy little top on, so it's wind, um, it's wind protected. The, so yeah, even the, if I'm, dead, uh, the dead kittens, which is just a weird. The dead kitten, yeah. <laughs> I just think of it as a small rat, but yes, it's, you're right. Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 I think, especially for the size <laughs> of the lapel, it's like, it's more like dead hamsters, isn't it, than dead kittens, but yes. <laughs> shall, shall we avoid animal cruelty and call yeah, it a pom-pom yeah, on a stick? Yeah, right, let's <laughs> <skim> past that. <laughs> yeah, pom-pom on a stick. So we have the pom-pom on the stick uh, microphone, and I also have a, um, a gimbal mount 
for my phone, a powered gimbal mount, so that even when I'm walking around, the uh, the video image doesn't suffer from vibration or motion. Okay. So we've got the toys now. We've got good connectivity. We've got a good microphone and indeed earpiece, so you can listen to the uh, the feedback from Zoom. And we've got a good gimbal mount so that we can um, avoid any sort of excessive motion, well, in fact, any motion really on the video picture. And to cut a long story short, that worked really well. Where we had 5G, we were streaming 1080p pictures consistently to, uh, to Zoom, and you, you couldn't tell that we weren't sitting in front of a webcam in a classroom. Um, when it toggled back to 4G, I'd say it went down to 720p, so that's kind of the lower high res. And on a big screen, that still looks a bit blocky. Okay. But it was still very, very good. The gimbal mount made a huge, huge difference to the quality of the image. And um, I mean, it's a little bit awkward carrying it around all the time, but equally so, it really, really improves the video quality. And having the lapel mic, the Bluetooth lapel mic on, the, uh, the person who was doing the majority of the speaking, again, it, well, for a start off, it meant that they didn't have to shout. They could speak with a normal voice. It also meant that we didn't necessarily pick up the noise of students speaking around either. We, we only picked up the presenter's voice. And on the downside, of course, if somebody in the field wanted to ask a question, the presenter invariably had to repeat it back. But that's a very, very minor inconvenience. And sometimes it's actually better to do that anyway. If you if you repeat the question back, you know, it gives you a second just to yeah. process it and think about what you want to say. And yes, absolutely. Exactly. So by having, as I say, the gimbal mount, the um, the really good connection <clears throat> and the microphone, we we got the imagery, we got the connectivity, we, we got the, the, the audio up where we want it. And that's great, that, that really, really helped. And as I say afterwards, people have said, yeah, that's probably the best that we can do with mobile phones. Yeah. So, so that was our three um, virtual field trips to date. And Fantastic. Yeah, as you can see, or as you can tell, it's, it's been a learning experience. Um, yes. I Did, think how many um, how many students were kind of online? Was it kind of a mix a mix between the from the three different experiences? Were there many students online, or was it kind of was it was it a few in number, and there was more people there? The second field trip, which was to the Lancashire coal mine, coal mining museum, sorry, and to Wigan Flashes. We ran that over two days, and only the first day was uh, the, the Zoom uh, dual learning field trip. We had two coach loads on the on the first day in the field, and if I remember rightly, I had about twenty five with me on Zoom, so a reasonable number. That's yeah. Um, and of course, we didn't join them until they arrived on site, and then we left them when they hopped on the coach to go back to Manchester. Um, but even so, we were probably online for about three hours. But we, we found that the students stayed engaged, or at least 
awake enough to be asking questions. And it, sometimes it was, sorry, I didn't hear that. Could you, could you ask them to repeat it? Which of course we did. Other times it was, yeah, that's really interesting. But could you just turn around and show me something over there, for example? Yeah. Which again, really, really handy. The third field trip, we, we, we actually had fairly small groups for that. Um, the, the, the trip around uh, University of Salford grounds. We only had about 15 students with us on the ground because we'd actually split them into four blocks throughout the day. The field trip ran four times on the ground and we just recorded the first one to Zoom. And if I remember rightly, we had about 18 or so with us on Zoom, which was what we expected. Yeah. I know that Zoom performance suffers the more people you have on the Zoom call, though I don't know the effect of having a really big Zoom call on the incoming video, for example. I, I, that's probably something to play around with, actually, and, yeah. and, and try and, you know, find out for the future. But I think numbers aside, coming back to what we've done, you know, the, the three different, um, slightly different approaches and the learning all the way, I think there are various things that we, we can take away from this. The first is we have to accept that there are places and there are times when you're just not going to be able to run a decent dual learning field trip. And that's almost in, always going to come down to video quality yeah. and mobile signal. And I think in those circumstances, you've got two approaches. One is to film as you go using a non-connected device, treat it as though it's a virtual field trip. Mm -hmm. So as you walk through with the students who are there, you're filming, you're recording, you're capturing everything you can, you're speaking to the microphone. But then when you replay it with the students, you then make sure you're, that the students who aren't there, you make sure that you are there to be able to answer questions. Yeah. And not only you're there, but if at all possible, to get the guest speakers who you encountered in the field, get them to connect in via Zoom as well so that they can respond to questions as well. I wonder as well, um, having um, a student in as a guest speaker as well to kind of get that a student that was there um, on the ground to get their experience as well. So it's like, cause obviously to have their experience and to, there'll be things that, cause you all have been filming, um yeah there'll be their perspective as well and so to have that oh well actually I saw this and this was like this was what I thought was interesting would would be I, I, I think interesting to the online students as well so I think that would be brilliant I hadn't thought of that but yes it would be great if you could involve more than one person I mean it, it definitely helps to to get the shall we say the site experts in but also to get the student side perspective as well that really helps Another approach might be, and again, this is something I want to play around with in future, we might um, different streaming approaches. So at the moment, we've been predominantly messing around with Zoom. We've had a little play with Teams, but it didn't really do what we wanted. But have we yet played around with, for example, 
GoPro cameras and the facility to stream live to YouTube or other media. We haven't played with that yet. I, I think I would like to. I, I'd like to see how they cope with the data transmission side of things. Can we still get a live picture through? Yeah. Um, so if you were going to do that, then you could stream, let's say you stream to YouTube, for example, and you would have probably have a private channel for this. But at the same time, you might have Zoom open purely in the chat mode so that whoever's remote can uh, can still interrogate the people in the field. So that's that might be a possibility for when the signal's a bit marginal. Um, yeah. I don't know. We, we, we need to play with that. Um, the, the second approach, I guess, would be, as I say, you, you know, you, you've got to just just film and, and, and treat it as though they're there. But another thing that um, occurred to me that we relied quite a lot in planning on things like Google Street View. Yes. Now, field trips don't always have, or they're not always in places where there are good, um, there are good Google Street View options available. Um, and the camera only looks at what the cameraman's looking at. So, you know, those people who are on Zoom are never going to get the full immersive experience because they, they can't just look over their shoulder and say, oh, I hadn't seen that, or, oh, what's that over there, or whatever. Now, there are some wonderful and really relatively cheap 360-degree um, cameras where you can take photospheres. Um, Ricoh. The Ricoh Theta, for example, is a really good one. And again, I suppose I'm obliged to say there are other black brands. I just, I just happen to really like that one. I've got one kicking around on my desk here somewhere. So I wonder again if, for example, when we go out on these virtual field trips, even if we are broadcasting it live via Zoom, we could potentially have someone who's dedicated to taking either a lot more additional video or even a series of these. 360 degree photospheres as you progress through the landscape or through the building or wherever you are yes. and then that way the person who isn't there live will have the option later on to be able to view these photographs and take a, an absolutely you know spherical panoramic view of each point so again it it comes down to technology and I think at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, do, are we treating this as a making do while we can't necessarily do things process? Or do we want to, for not a great deal of investment, and it would be hundreds rather than thousands, but do we want to, for not a great deal of investment, provide each department with the kit to provide certainly semi-professional dual learning or remote field trip experiences. I think we can do it. I, I think we can do it really well. I, I agree. I think especially, especially for those students that are international and are not able to be in the country at the moment, the ability to walk them through these, these field courses and these experiences is, is, is invaluable. What if you start to take into consideration your DAS students that wouldn't that could that may not be able to be there with you well no i i, I can entirely um identify with that um 
I don't necessarily, I don't hide the fact that I'm disabled myself and uh, mobility can be an issue for me. I hope my colleagues and my peers out there don't feel that technology is a barrier to providing a, um, a dual learning field trip, because I don't think it is. I, it's, it's nothing to be scared of. You know, a mobile phone is a mobile phone. So, well, at the end of the day, all those students are here to learn. In some respects, they're also customers as well. And I think it behoves upon us to try our reasonable best to provide them with the learning experience they want and they expect. And especially if, for example, their assignments depend on the field trip, then it's in their interests and it's in our interests to, to, to give them that good quality field trip, whether it be in, you know, live or whether it be uh, remote via Zoom or whatever. And I hopefully what we've done will at the very least um, give some of my colleagues out there who were, you know, who were, um, who were nervous about the fact or who've possibly been avoiding the virtual field trips or the the dual field trips hopefully you 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 know you can see that it is possible and without too much effort you can at the very very least provide something that's sufficient so no, I, it's, I uh, it sounds good. really really interesting especially like like you were saying that you've done three now and each time you've learned something new each time you've been able to adapt to to the different changes that you've had to do so no that sounds really interesting thank you thank you for coming and telling us about it no oh. Thank you for the opportunity. I mean, uh, we I wouldn't say we're entirely cutting edge on our modules, but we've we've been and spoken to you twice now. And I think it's because we are embracing dual learning. We're trying. And I know it's a scary thing for some people. And it's scary at times for me when you're, you're sitting here on Zoom and you're, you're facing people from the other side of the world and you're thinking, how on earth do I engage them? But yeah, if we don't try, it won't work. And I think we are trying, and I think it is working. Absolutely. Thank you. Completely, you agree. Completely agree. Um, so thank you uh, to Matt for a really interesting chat there about field courses and dual delivery. Uh, you can find out more about this topic and so much more by visiting our humanities pages, which includes our best practice resources, and is full of information from the e-learning team in humanities. Uh, there's a link to this from the notes section of the podcast where you can also subscribe to the podcast and you'll automatically get the latest episode on release from wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, if you like this episode, tell other people about us or if you have any ideas of things we should be covering, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, see you soon and stay safe.